The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, welcome in on this Sunday morning, or each and every Sunday morning, 10 o'clock right here at WHIN. And of course, brought to you by our friends at FM Bank. Uh, so nice to have them on board uh, these days. And uh, we got a special guest in the studio this morning. And we're going to be talking about uh, some history, some fun, and possibly some English. So I want to welcome to the studio, and everybody knows him. Here's Sam Gilbert, right here, the executive director out at Rock Castle, right here in Hendersonville, and teacher over at Hendersonville High School. So welcome in, Sam. Good morning. Hey, thanks for for doing this. I know you're you slammed your schedule. I, I don't see how you keep up with everything, but. Oh, it's good to be busy. Always really good to yeah. be busy. And when you fill your time with good things, uh, it doesn't seem as busy as it, it might seem to other people. Well, and you've got a fun job, too. You do have two fun jobs, actually. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, well, let's uh, kick it off. Tell us about yourself. All right. So my name's Sam. I've got uh, a wife, Jess, and three kids, Canyon, Torn, and Kyron. And there's my world. Um, but I've got a lot of other kids sort of as well that have been my students over the years. Teacher at Hendersonville High School. Uh, I've been teaching there since 2006 when my family moved here from South Florida. We moved here from Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Didn't really know what we would do when we got up here. I mean, I knew I was a teacher. I applied to every school in Sumner County and then uh, Hendersonville. I had an opening and uh, jumped in there. I've been there now long enough to see a lot of my students move on uh, to college. And now they're adults with families and bump into them all over the town. It's it's an awesome thing. So are you a post Taylor? Uh, I came in the... the the last year that Taylor was there, but I didn't really know her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, wow. You talk to people and they used to go to school with her and and some said good things, some say, you know, negative things, but I, that's called jealousy. Yeah, <laughs> it know? is. She's done so much good for this community, um, you know, with Kids Kingdom and she bought the um, auditorium at the yeah. high school, uh, their whole sound system. And uh, she's definitely given back to the community and uh, we're really thankful and grateful for her. Uh, her investment. Well, we got some great, great folks that have, have lived here and still call Hendersonville their home and, and, and actually say it on the air that they're from Hendersonville. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You began teaching how long ago? So I taught five years in South Florida before um, I moved here. So I'm in my 20th year of teaching. I've been teaching in Hendersonville for 15 of those years. Crazy. Where in South Florida were you at? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. Oh, that's, my, that's where I grew up. Yep. Yeah, we used to cruise the beach looking for chicks. Yeah, we love the beach down there. Never never happened, though. Yeah, you know, still <laughs> nice to cruise for them, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, they had the bubble room down there at one point. Uh, I mean, it was the, the happening spot, you know, way back in the day, fresh old people. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun, fun time. So, and, and you, you came, you, you left South Florida, then you went. Yep, we just came straight here. We were looking for a great place to raise a family, and Hendersonville yeah. is definitely that. Um, my wife's uh, aunt and uncle live here in Hendersonville, and that was sort of the anchor for us that drew us here. Uh, and uh, as soon as we got here, um, we felt uh, immediately really connected with a lot of the folks around us, even though we were transplants. And we've come to learn that, you know, this area is full of transplants, increasingly so yeah. with each passing year. You know, there's still this sense of uh, rich heritage and history that exists here. Uh, families that go back generations and generations, but everybody's so welcoming to those moving in. And uh, we felt nothing but uh, acceptance and love from those people that were living around us. Well, and you know more people have said that and five years uh, coming on six now uh, when we moved up here it's the exact same thing you just felt like you were at home people were just so nice and you know welcomed you so you're not like you're an outsider it wasn't that kind of thing at all yeah, absolutely 
And so you started working at, at the high school at that point? Yep, 2006. And then in uh, 2007, uh, I started working at Rock Castle. Um, actually, it was probably late 2006, but maybe early 2007, I started working at Rock Castle. Beverly Fusell was a, a teacher assistant in my classroom, and she was on the board at Rock Castle. And uh, she came to me one day and said, hey, Rock Castle's looking to hire somebody to, to work some events, uh, some weddings, basically, at the time. And uh, there were a couple uh, older ladies that were running them. And weddings in those days could go really late um, before we sort of set our time limits on those. Yeah. And uh, so they hired me to come in and work those. And then um, the house that is on Rock Castle's property uh, was vacant for a couple years, and they were having some trouble with folks coming in and vandalizing and so they asked if our family would like to move into the house uh, to be caretakers mm -hmm. we said absolutely that would be fantastic so <laughs> we moved in in january i think of 2008 and uh, we've been at rock castle ever since and uh were the caretakers and the directors at the time you just walked to work yeah John, yeah walked to work i've got the best commute ever you know it really my whole life exists on a three mile stretch of land between hendersonville high school and and rock castle so i don't have to go very far ever so just to clarify you're not living in rock castle no you're we're not living in <laughs> yeah we're not living in the historic house um we're living in a little cottage that's uh, back on the yeah, property wow great place to have the kids run around it, it truly is i mean it's been a blessing to us because mm -hmm. uh, as a teacher I'm, i would never have hoped to have been able to allow my family to to grow up playing in the woods right on the lake and uh, it's been a beautiful place for them to grow up and uh, it's the only home my daughter's ever known we brought her straight from the hospital to wow. rock castle and uh you know and historic grounds too yeah. what an educational uh, uh lesson for them it really is you know living on a state historic site has been a history lesson and it's been a, a work ethic you know builder because they've been doing everything right along with my wife and i from the time they could walk uh, helping lay out electrical cords for events, uh, setting up, you know, concession areas, hauling tables and chairs constantly. And so they've all got a great work ethic, um, my kids do, and uh, their friends have come over and sort of uh, become part of that broader Rock Castle family. Rock Castle does have such a, a deep, rich history. You know, it's the oldest house in Middle Tennessee that's still standing. Uh, Daniel and Sarah Smith, the original owners of the house, came here in the late 1700s, 1783, I think is when they first moved here. And this was North Carolina in those days. Tennessee didn't even exist yet. Wow. And so they moved here um, in 1783. In 1784, they began building that house. And they finished it in uh, 1796, which is the year Tennessee became a state. And Daniel Smith was actually the man who surveyed the boundary lines for the state of Tennessee, gave Tennessee its name, which he took from a Cherokee word, uh, which has many translations, but two of the translations that we like uh, the most are a bend in the river, which is apt for this particular stretch of the, the Cumberland River, yeah. and a beautiful place, which we would definitely agree with. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I'm just floored at the history when I start looking at it. all the different areas that you see these markers, and we have them all over. But we got the Douglas Clark House, and uh, you know, and I think Barry Young has just done an incredible job on you know promoting Sumner absolutely. County and the history uh, here in Sumner County, and. Uh, he, he's an, another guy that never stops working. Now, yeah, Barry does so much for this county that really even goes unnoticed. He flies below the radar a lot of times, but um, Barry just works tirelessly to make sure that Sumner County is an attractive place with lots of things going on that people want to attend, that people will enjoy. And so people come from all over the place to our community and spend their you know money at our restaurants and hotels. And it just really goes right back into our community. So yes, great job, Barry. And, and I know the mayor loves the uh, sales tax revenue that we also direct. Uh, from that as well. Absolutely. The city uh, in particular has been such a big supporter, not, not only the city, but uh, Summer County Tourism has been a huge supporter of everything going on at Rock Castle too. So when I start talking about Rock Castle events, um, you know, that's a community effort. That's the city of Hendersonville, Hendersonville Parks, you know, and other businesses, Wilson Bacon Trust, uh, Half Batch Brewing, all these, you know, presenting sponsors that make yeah. it all possible. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you got You have to have those sponsors and, and I think they just, they really enjoy sponsoring it. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they you do. And, and they're getting a really good return. You know, these events have just grown year after year. Um, and I think at the heart of why they sponsor is they love seeing the people come together, which is sure. exactly our mission. You know, you, 
connecting families, seeing our kids play together outdoors, you know, listening to great music, supporting these incredible artists. And uh, it's it's a great undertaking, and we're proud to be a part of it. So tell us how the singer songwriter night uh, started. What so was the idea. All right, so that's uh, <laughs> that connects my two worlds, you know. So I'm a teacher at Henderson High School, and a number of years back, I mean maybe 11, 12 years back, uh, there was talk about making Hendersonville High School an arts magnet school, and nothing really ever came of that except for one thing, which was a combination uh, creative and core class. Uh, so English and creative writing uh, into a songwriting class. And it wouldn't be right of me to not give credit where this is due. I think, you know, Taylor Swift and, you know, some of the other artists who have come through Hendersonville High School had shown, you know, our county and our administration that there was some really good potential and this was a good undertaking. And so uh, they created an opportunity for our students. And I think it was the only real songwriting class in all of Middle Tennessee, the the only one that's actually a, a songwriting class. There are a lot of clubs and things like that, but this was a class. And we started getting all these musicians from the school and these creative writers together and allowing them to collaborate. And uh, they wrote some incredible songs. And uh, a lot of these students have gone on now and they're touring and uh, they're uh, writing their own songs. and Writing hit uh, songs for it, others. Yeah, writing hit songs for others. And it, <laughs> it really is a testimony to how much can occur if you just give people space and opportunity. Uh, it's not even something I had to do much teaching in at all. Um, for one, I'm not a musician at all, so they brought all their own music, music to it. And uh, we would sit down and we'd write lyrics and they'd put the music to it. But at the end of that first year, we were looking for a place to, to play our songs. And I think we had over eight hours of music. So we picked our best four hours of music that we had. And we were looking for a venue to play yeah. at. And since I'm working at Rock Castle, we were able to get in over at Rock Castle. And we set it up under the pavilion. We played to maybe 100 family and friends. I kid you not, two days later, I had maybe 25 phone calls from wow. other local artists, musicians in the area. Phone calls, emails, texts saying, hey, when's your next songwriter night? How do we sign up? Well, this was not something we expected. It wasn't something we had shot for. But we thought, well, what the heck? Let's uh, let's go for it. So we put another songwriter night on the books. I had people send me their you know digital submissions so we could listen through it. And uh, we put together another event. Maybe had 150 people show up. And then we did another one, and it just has grown to the point now where you know some of the events we have today will reach 1,500 people that are coming to them currently. Well, it's the the response. It just in the last two has been amazing. I think it's such a great venue, especially if they want to try new music out on people to get some kind of reaction and feedback from it. Absolutely. I think there's a big difference between a lot of the Nashville venues, which, you know, I love Nashville venues. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times when people are playing downtown, they're sort of background music to the yes. whole thing. You know, they're they're not really the focus. And so I can't tell you how many times I've sat downtown at a restaurant or a bar or something. And uh, there are these incredible musicians playing. And it's like everyone's taking them for granted, you know. Nobody's listening. It's Nobody's like, listening, and you're like, "This? Are you not hearing this? This is incredible!" <laughs> you know, pay attention. And I, I, my heart goes out to these artists. And so, we wanted to create a space and an opportunity for these artists to come and perform their original songs, not not covers. Now, if they want to play, you know, yeah. cover and they do it on their own, you know, that's that's fine. But we're looking to hear their original music. And uh, we wanted to create a space that that would be possible. In. Yeah. And so when they come out to Rock Castle, you can look around and see people are there to listen. You know, all the chairs are facing, people are dialed in and, uh, you know, people are enjoying the company of their friends. But at the end of the day, they are there to support these artists. And I think that's why the artists enjoy it so much, too. We just constantly get great feedback from them. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk more about this. We're going to go to our first break right now, and we'll be right back after this word. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and welcoming you on this uh, Sunday morning. If you're listening to this on a Sunday morning, that's it's great. We always love to have you right here with us. Uh, but if in case you did miss it, uh, it's going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com, and it'll be up there Monday morning, and you can check it and listen to it over and over and over and share it and do all of that. Uh, so we've been talking with Sam Gilbert, the executive director over at uh, Rock Castle, and we were talking about the music industry and all of the great artists uh, 
clamoring to get out there to the singer-songwriter night. And I think you've done a great job with that. I mean, it's you're attracting some really amazing talent. Thank you. Uh, we feel really blessed when artists want to come out and share their music with us. Um, I think a lot of the reason why people do want to perform out at our events is uh, it's set up to honor them. It's set up to listen to their songs. Uh, they can go uh, and play anywhere else, but a lot of the other places that they are asked to perform they're asked to do covers, to to play as background music to somebody else's dinner mm-hmm. uh, experience. And uh, at the Rock Castle events, we really try and focus everything on the artist. Um, people come to listen to their songs, to be a part of what they're doing, uh, jump into their journey, and uh, they're present in the moment. And mm-hmm. so uh, one of the things we often hear from the artists are how attentive everybody is, uh, how supported they feel. And, and that's really what we want to continue with. Sure. Well, and it's it, it's a great way for them to, to try out new music, like I said earlier. It's a, but it's a good sounding board to try to see how that fit with the audience and how they enjoyed that. But the, the environment, I think, is tremendous. And we've had great weather the last two concerts. A little chilly on the first one, uh, but still very enjoyable and you, you had a packed house. I mean, I don't know how, how farther uh, you can go out <laughs> without turning the pavilion uh, sideways. Which right. I mean, we may at some point have to, to rearrange the footprint of what's going on. Uh, and I think at, at some point we're going to have to do that anyways because uh, we were approved for the $7.2 million, uh, yeah. you know capital project, yeah. which will go to the infrastructure. Uh, we're going to tear down our visitor center um, and construct a new indoor facility, uh, which will allow us to continue to have events even in the instance of weather. Yeah. Uh, it'll also allow us to um, do a lot of other things indoors that currently we can't do as an outdoor venue. Sure. When that occurs, uh, the the framing of our events might change a little bit. I'm hoping to have sort of an elevated stage built into the structure so that people can still be out on the lawn, but the band can be covered up under a stage. And, you know, we've had as many as 6,000 people out there for an event before wow. uh, with the Nashville Symphony performing. And uh, we know we can accommodate that many. Uh, it's just about parking and shuttle buses running. And, yeah. you know, I would love to cross that bridge <laughs> at some point, <laughs> yeah. but we'll do it when, it when it gets there. No, totally. It's 10 bucks. You can bring a bunch of folks in for that. Yeah. Well, one of our priorities as a nonprofit historic site that wants to also be a place where our community can gather, you know, a community center of sorts, is we want to make sure that it's accessible to everybody. And so 10 bucks at the gate for adults is kind of where we're trying to stay. Um, For a few events, it might be a little bit more than that, but everybody under the age of 18 gets in free, you know? And uh, we want parents to be able to feel like they can come out, they can relax on the lawn in a chair or on a blanket, uh, talk with their friends, listen to some great music while their kids are being entertained by our volunteers. We've got inflatables from Ultimate Party Superstore. We've got yard games, organized activities. Uh, we really want parents to feel like their kids are in good hands. Yeah. Uh, we want it to be a family-friendly event. And, you know, we don't want a family of five or six uh, to have to, to pay a ton of money to come out to this event. We, we just want them to come out and enjoy it. Sure. And it, it, it is a, a great venue for sure. And, it, and you know, I guess they never really, really had any issues parking. It's always been pretty cool just to pull right in. And you're right there and you walk across to the field and put up the chairs and you're good. Yeah. Yep. A lot of folks from the neighborhoods will just walk in. Uh, yeah, so, totally. Uh, sometimes I'll be pulling in or putting out some signs right before the event and I'll see people walking, you know four or five blocks they got their little wagons and their lawn chairs and they're just coming over which is great and we yeah. love that and then a lot of other folks uh, will carpool in so we can fit five six hundred cars on the property wow that's pretty cool now as far as the community i guess everybody the housing around it you probably don't really get many complaints because i guess the sound is facing more towards the lake so you're not really uh, blasting it towards them right so we we try and angle the sound as much away from the houses as possible and we've capped our times you know Mm -hmm. we don't ever play anything past 10 o'clock most of our events take place on you know the weekends and a lot of them take place during the day Uh, but we are really cognizant of the people around us and we want to continue to have a great relationship with our community you know we we just get great feedback from the people around us i think they know that we go out of our way to make sure that we're trying to shut things down and keep it quiet uh, at a reasonable hour yeah well let's get back to the to the grant we had terry lynn weaver in uh, representative terry lynn weaver uh 
couple of shows ago, and I know she was totally excited about this and. You know, getting this uh, passed got to be a, a blessing. You're looking at home. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big project that you're going to undertake. And paint a picture again. I know you started to, but so your new building you're going to put up, it, it's going to be like an indoor theater or classrooms kind of style? Uh, it's going to be a, a hodgepodge of um, purposes okay. uh, behind it. But there's going to be office space. There's going to be a museum exhibit space. Currently something that we don't have at yeah. Rock Castle. Uh, it's going to have a big indoor hall, essentially. Um, there's, I think, in the schematic, and it's not completely drawn up yet either. The real work of it won't start until after July 1st. The schematic, I think, shows maybe 240 people uh, seated around tables. Okay. And if it was more theater sitting, you could have four or 500 people in there. Uh, but it'll have a stage area. Uh, it'll have the ability, at least at this point, we, we think it'll have the ability because uh, the architect hasn't really delved into it yet. Uh, Indoor-outdoor potential, which means that perhaps the walls are, you know, big doors could all be opened, and so it, it could be, uh, oh, yeah. you know, airflow going through the building uh, during the more temperate times of year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're really excited about it. Wow. So more multi-purpose. Absolutely. And so, it, which is a lot more valuable. More uses uh, are, are always good. So you were saying that the construction is going to be after July's when, when they start on that? Or? So July 1st is when the budget year starts. Okay. And so really that money has been set aside right now, but it won't be fully allocated until July 1st. On July 1st, we can start having the architect and engineer and arch, you know archaeologist and all the people that have to weigh in on this come out and start testing the soil, figuring out where everything's going to be placed, drawing up the the facility uh, from an architectural design mm -hmm. standpoint and all that will have to happen after july 1st sure. uh, right now we have a really rough rendering that can be altered quite a bit yeah. uh, but uh, the state has given us a lot of leeway to weigh in on what our needs are and what our site uses are the state has been so supportive of rock castle and i think they've seen that we've been trying really hard to attract people in and you had mentioned something earlier i don't think it was on the air but that a lot of times uh, these historic houses and you know the great history that we have uh, sometimes can become the the sole focus of our community and we've got a great history so much incredible past that we can share and we should continue to visit but if we only live in the past if we only live in the history yeah. uh, then things slowly phase out because like you and I who are transplants Rock Castle history is not our history and so it might be nice to visit once but are we really going to go and see it multiple times yeah. probably not so one of the great things that I think the state has encouraged and what we've really tried to embrace is trying to meet people in the present and make some history together. Sure. So people might come once or twice to Rock Castle and that's great. We want to share the history of Daniel Smith, share some of Tennessee's early history, but we also want people to come there today because there's exciting things going on right now at Rock Castle. Mm -hmm. And uh, the state saw that we were trying to do that. We've got the big Wonderland egg hunt, uh, which attracts 3,000 kiddos every year. We hide over 100,000 eggs. Uh, it's free to the public. We've got a Castle of Villains event that'll come up in um, October. Yeah. We bring all the storybook villains out. Uh, we partner with Character Visits for You, Elizabeth Golden's uh, awesome. company. She's awesome. fantastic. Wow. Uh, and they they do just an amazing job capturing what these villains really are like in a spooky you know kind of way. It's not intimidating or anything like that. We do a holiday open house. Uh, we've partnered with Nate to do a Oktoberfest out there with Hatch Brewing. We've uh, do the Summer Songwriter Series, which is four events. We do the Folk and Bluegrass Fest, which will be on September 11th this year. And it's also going to be a Tennessee 225 event mm -hmm. uh, celebrating 225 years of Tennessee statehood. And then we also do seven winter house concerts uh, throughout the winter months where we're actually inside Daniel Smith's study. Songwriters are coming, playing their songs. Wow. It's a really intimate listening room, kind of Bluebird Cafe of the North type sure. experience. Yeah. And so the state saw that we were doing all these things and we were bringing folks in. And, uh, you know, this is attracting people from all the states that surround us. We have people flying in from New York and California just to attend our events, which sort of blew us away when we first <laughs> realized it was happening. And uh, the state said, hey, you know, you guys are you're trying to bring people in in the present for things that are going on now. You're still celebrating the history uh, we're touching on not only the history of uh, Daniel and Sarah Smith, but the enslaved peoples that lived and worked in this area, the Cherokee uh, Native American group in the creek that lived here even before the settlers ever arrived. And uh, we're trying to honor all of those cultures and celebrate their accomplishments. We're 
constantly learning, we're constantly growing. Uh, but also, we want to, in the present, meet families where they're at. No matter what state they moved from, no matter if they've got these rich roots and heritage of their own in Sumner County, uh, we want to create a place for people to come together. And so that was really the impetus for the state saying, hey, let's help you out with that. We've got this you know, money that we're going to give you to make sure that you can keep doing what you're doing as well as you possibly can. Sure. And I guess it would be, uh, at this point, as long as it's been there, I guess the as you start to do construction, there won't be any surprises underground that we find. Oh, a you know, historic it, burial ground. And <laughs> no, I, I, most of the land there. So the Cumberland River was dammed in the 50s, uh, and that's what created Old Hickory Lake. Well, when that happened, uh, Rock Castle was actually in the floodplain. But Sarah Berry, the last descendant to own Rock Castle, mm-hmm. uh, she brought in tons of dirt and backfilled around the lake and brought up actually the level of the ground several feet. Uh, and so the cellar and stuff that's at Rock Castle, a lot of that was actually more exposed than it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that house stood very tall above the ground. So most of the dirt that's on the top right now, we know is just fill dirt. And so it shouldn't be any problem to, to do the excavations. But we do have to have an archaeologist come out and make sure. So back in 2010, the flood, Yes. how was that impacted? Because I wasn't here then. but So the lake came up. Um, there's pictures of me. I was a skinny little kid back then, it seems like. But uh, pictures of me in 2010 standing on the retaining wall of Rock Castle, which is usually about three or four feet off the water. And I'm standing on the retaining wall, and the water is almost uh, just past my chest, you know, oh. up towards my neck. And so it, the flood came in, circled the entire house, filled the cellar all the way up to the ceiling, filled the kitchen up about halfway, about to my waist. Uh, but fortunately, it really only hit the stone portions of the house. It touched very little of the wood. We moved all the furniture up into the upper levels of the house. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect. But yeah. when the water receded, the cellar was just full. I mean, a foot and a half <laughs> thick of silt. Uh, the kitchen was full of silt and um, the limestone wicked salt for weeks and weeks and weeks, actually more like months. Uh, we found water moccasins and fish in the house. I mean, it was I- incredible. That was such, it was such a challenge, but like a lot of the things that have happened in Summer County with the tornadoes and floods and all that sort of thing, the community rallied around that as an opportunity to work together. And so I look back on that with fond memories because so many people just came together we removed tons and tons of debris and, you know, sticks and logs and everything else off our property. Well, I guess because it's a, you know, historic site, there's, I guess you have to get approval to do anything to it because, I mean, you can't go in and pressure wash that because you're going to eat away the walls. Right. Uh, so that that had to be an incredible task. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of work that went into it for sure. And I'm glad it occurred when I was a little younger and had more energy. Uh, <laughs> right. Now I'm not sure. I would have my boys who are, you know, <laughs> 17 and 15, uh, Help me yeah. do a lot of it. it. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Well, let, let's go into this break right here, and uh, we'll be back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back this Sunday morning to Summer County Spotlight. Uh, this is Jeff Shannon, and uh, so nice to, to have you visiting with us. And uh, we're continuing our talk with Sam Gilbert. He's the executive director out of historic Rock Castle. Very historic, I must say. I am just so impressed with all of the events you have it coming up. And this singer-songwriter night is so successful. So tell us when the next one is. So, yeah, the the next singer-songwriter night at Rock Castle is on July 17th, mm-hmm. Saturday, July 17th. And we got an incredible lineup. Um, honestly, one of the my favorite lineups of anything we've ever done out there. Um, the Cedarstone School of Music Fabulous. is going to be opening up. Yeah, uh, Kevin Lawson does a great job out mm-hmm. there with all those students. Uh, the Cedarstone Tones played at the last one. That's one of their ensemble groups. We've got Pen and Air, which is another one of their ensembles. That'll be opening up for the July 17th event. And then we've got Leaving Lennox, and that's an Australian mm-hmm. duo that's mm-hmm. performed here in Hendersonville at a variety of events. Yeah, Just a great couple. Uh, so much energy, great voices, awesome songs. Uh, but they'll be performing at 6. And then at 650, uh, Jesse Isley and his band will be performing. And Jesse is a great guy. He plays with these phenomenal musicians that are all touring artists with big name people. You know, uh, it's uh, it's really impressive. 
Adam uh, Fleur, who works for Cedarstone School of Music also, is the one who was the director for the Cedarstone Tones uh, this past month. But he performs with Jesse and his band, uh, along with some other incredible musicians. And you just wouldn't want to miss Jesse's band, uh, Jesse Isley. We just booked the Cordovas. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the Cordovas, <laughs> go look them up online. They're just sort of this classic Southern rock uh, band, fantastic uh, musicians and singers. And we're really excited to have them coming out uh, to this event. And they'll go on at 7.40 and then... We're going to conclude the, the show with Carl Walkner. And Carl is another Australian guy, just an <laughs> awesome uh, musician. And he does this looping pedal rig, which uh, where he'll play it something and record it on a loop. And he'll play it back and they'll play something else. So he can sound like he's got this full band behind him. Yeah. You know, all the percussion, uh, the different guitar strokes, vocals, background vocals. And he's a you know a solo act, but uh, he can play everything. Yeah. And it's him alone is an experience. <laughs> yes. But but to have Leaving Lennox, Jesse Isley's band, the Cordovas, and Carl Walkner all on a single night is just going to be phenomenal. Very entertaining. And I, I, you know, that looping thing, I mean, the technology is just, isn't it amazing? Yeah. You know, back way on back when the one man band, you know, they had the guy, you know, banging the drum with his foot and his knees doing this tambourines and horns. It's crazy. But now look at it. It, it is, you couldn't tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, it's come a long way. And he, I've seen a lot of looping pedal artists uh, throughout the years, but Carl, I think is the best I've ever seen. And he and Leaving Lennox, they're, being Australians, they connected right away. Yeah. And so uh, Mick, who is uh, the male vocals and guitarist for Leaving Lennox, uh, he and Carl play together all the time. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if Mick uh, joined Carl for his set. Uh, but yeah. they're hilarious. Just they have a great time. They obviously are doing what they love and are so gifted yeah. at it. And so definitely going to be a show uh, worth coming out to see. And Absolutely. it'll definitely be one that is memorable. So that's July 17th. July 17th. So people should start getting there about what time? Um, so we start playing music right at 5. Mm -hmm. And so... People can start coming in through the gates really anytime after 4. So 4.15, 4.30, go ahead, come on over, grab a spot on the lawn because it fills up quickly and you want to claim your space. Yes. So <laughs> get your chairs out there. And also, we're going to have the Mojo's Tacos out there. It's oh, a okay. fiesta-themed yeah. event. And if you've never had Mojo's Tacos, the best thing in tacos anywhere <laughs> in Nashville. They've got a great food truck, a lot of great options, and they're going to be out there. We'll have Kona Ice out there. Half Batch Brewing will be out there. Yeah. Serving their local brews, yeah. and uh, um, so come out early. Grab yourself something to eat. Grab a spot on the lawn yeah. and hold tight because it's going to be a fantastic well, show. And, and let me tell you something: if you do get there early, get the food because um, Meat Sweats they sold out. Yep, last, they sold out last real concert. quick. Yeah, that's that's wild. Good stuff, but and I think it's good that you have that. Uh, people want to hang out there a little bit and just relax and it's really enjoyable now let's just say from a weather standpoint we have to reschedule is there any kind of option for that you know i wish there was more of an option that's part of the reason we're so excited about this indoor venue option because Absolutely. that's a game changer for us when tennessee weather strikes yeah. which it, you know it does from time to time uh we do our best to to rebook these artists into another event and so i deliberately leave a couple spots open in August uh, every year so that if one of our other events has to get canceled, I can try and rebook somebody into yeah. one of those slots. Uh, but right now, we're just going to hope that we have no yeah. rain uh, yeah. and it'll be a great, beautiful night. Yeah. And, uh, well, I, I got to tell you, the, this, the last week over at the J&Z concert, there's the best weather I think we've experienced at night. It was yep. just amazing. Full moon over the stage. It was like, whoa, is yeah. this planned? <laughs> but, so we, let's just hope we, we have that. Now, you have a lot of events you're doing, and I know you mentioned some of those earlier, but for the community to know all of the things that you that you do, tell them where they can go to learn about this, which I'm sure the website, give us that website. Yeah, so the, the website is historic. HistoricRockCastle.com. Okay. Again, HistoricRockCastle.com. And we have event pages, so you can go and see all our music series events. You can also see our holiday events uh, on the little drop-down tabs there. And you have a lot of those coming up. And what's the, the next, well, what's our next, well, we have... Uh so after, yeah, well, after July 17th, we do have another oh, summer songwriter night, and that's on August 14th. So we have two more summer series events. Good. And then 
after August 14th, our next event is the September 11th Folk and Bluegrass that's Fest. Right. And that's a really big event. We're going to start pre-selling VIP tickets for a, a private show in the Rockcastle Woodlands, and it'll have lunch provided. That's just a magical experience right back in the woods. A lot of people don't even know we have a sort of a venue space back in there. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, that's also going to be a Tennessee 225 event celebrating Tennessee's 225th year of statehood. And so we're going to have some historic presenters and encampments around Rock Castle uh, in the morning. And then as the day goes on, we'll start intermittently throwing in some musical acts and it'll transition into the bluegrass uh, and folk festival in the evening. So do you have any artists uh, scheduled on that yet? Or um, I, I do <laughs> I have a couple. There's a few that I can't say yet, um, but uh, the Theo and Brenna Band, which is a crowd favorite, uh, they're definitely one of our most beloved artists that come out here, bands that come out. They're coming back. Um, and then uh, East Nash Grass is coming back out, and they have the Dobro and everything. You know, it's just an uh, incredible group of musicians. So anybody with the last name of Skaggs? <laughs> uh, yeah, yet to be determined on, on all that. I would love for uh, uh, anyone with the last name Skaggs to come out and perform at that event. So if you're listening, uh, Mr. Skaggs, come on out. And uh, so September 11th yeah. is our Folk and Bluegrass Fest. And then when we get into October, we've got... On October 14th and 15th, we do our huge educational event. We call it Sumner Harvest, and this is something that we offer free of charge to every fourth grader in Sumner County. Uh Uh, So if you're a fourth grade student at Sumner County Schools, uh, make sure you talk to your teacher and ask them, hey, are we going to be going to the Sumner Harvest event? And we'll have uh, dozens and dozens of historic presenters, reenactors, educators. Uh, We'll have music from the late 1700s. We'll have crafts and games from the late 1700s. We'll have craftsmen showing the students how to to build things and use the tools and so all that goes on on october 14th and 15th that's a thursday and a friday just so that the students are able to get there and summer county schools has been so great uh helping us transport everybody there uh it's a it's a fantastic event on friday october yeah friday october the 22nd is when we have our castle of villains event and we partner with character visits for you that's elizabeth golden's company yeah and they bring out Lots of the most villainous storybook characters, and uh, they come out and set up all over the property. We do have a VIP, you know, early experience where the, all the villains arrive on site magically, and they put on a little show. Uh, and then it's a meet and greet, trick or treat experience where oh. people can walk through the haunted Rock Castle woods, and you know, it's spooky more than scary. Yeah, We're not yeah. trying to terrify anybody. Yeah. Um, it's uh, definitely family friendly. Uh, no blood and gore. Is there a charge? For uh, that? Yeah, it's uh, ten dollars uh, per person at oh, the gate. So yeah, so yeah. we try and keep everything real reasonable. Yep. Um, but that just helps us cover our costs. We do want to make sure all the characters are paid for their sure. time. Yeah. And Elizabeth does such a wonderful, wonderful does, job with yeah. everything she does. Um, but that's on Friday, October 22nd. So definitely make plans to come there if you've got little ones. Uh, in November, uh, we start getting into our Winter House Concert Series. And there's, I mean, very, very limited tickets for any of those left. We actually, yeah. I think we may have sold out in two days when we, we opened that. And there might be a few that come available. So if anyone's interested in any of these winter house concerts, you know, send me an email, sam.gilbert at historicrockcastle.com. So they can purchase them ahead this far in advance. Well, we, well, we actually opened them for sales um, back in, I think, March. Okay. And literally they all sold out in two days. <laughs> wow. We did have some reserved out for some of our sponsors. Yeah. And so some of our sponsors may or may not use those. So once I find out if they're going to use them or not, uh, we might open up a few of those for purchase. Okay. So again, if you have any interest, you can email me, sam.gilbert at historicrockcastle.com. Now, what goes on at those concerts? So that is really a listening room experience. Okay, so more um, intimate. Yeah. So very intimate. Yeah. 40 people max can attend each of those events because we actually host them inside Historic Rock Castle in Daniel Smith's That's study. Right. This you is the that. room yeah. that the very first map of Tennessee was drawn in. Really? And uh, wow. uh, because this is the oldest standing structure in Middle Tennessee, we like to say that we're the oldest music venue in Tennessee, <laughs> uh, although that might be a sort of a recent development. Yeah, uh, I like to think that Dale and Sarah would have had music in their home. You know, music was one of the premier forms of entertainment all those many years ago. Yeah. And uh, we're just trying to honor that uh, form of entertainment because it's a it's the type of entertainment that draws people closer, and uh, we want people to experience it in that environment. The thing I love about it is it really is sort of what the Bluebird Cafe used to be. It's a private listening room experience. 
people come, they listen to two artists, two musical groups, and in between we have hors d'oeuvres and you know half batch brewing is there, and so I'm serving drinks the whole night. Um, but just a, a great opportunity to go and hear the original music of Nashville's brightest rising stars, and um, yeah, it's a fantastic experience. So you're when you're serving the the, the folks, you're not wearing like a butler outfit or anything. No, right? I, I'm not, not but I am sort of the, the the host and beer boy all at once. So it, it's a uh, it's a fun thing to be able to do, and because there's only 40 people there, yeah. there's lots of opportunity cool. for you know conversation. The the crowd banter's back and forth with the artists as they're telling their stories. It's it really is wow, fantastic cool. for the artists, and it's yeah. fantastic for our community. Well, and you do such a great job emceeing. Oh, thanks. That's not my strong suit at all. I've tried to hand that off plenty of times to other people, no, but. You do great. Um, now, when you get into cr- the Christmas time, what do you have going on at uh, Christmas? Yeah. I know there's plenty of land out there for Santa to land. Yeah, there I is mean, lots of land. And Santa does come to Rock Castle on uh, December the 4th this year. Okay. Santa will be there. And uh, we do our holiday open house. And so the house is open. It's decorated for Christmas. And uh, we have caroling. We have uh, some uh, refreshments there. And people can walk through. And we have some historical presenters. We try and share some of the customs of the early days of Tennessee and the frontier life, what Christmas looked like back then. So uh, that's sort of a hybrid Christmas, modern, you know, historic modern event. Well, I think it's, there's so much, I had no idea you you did all that out there. So it's great that we're doing this and educate everybody. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about that uh, right after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we've been talking with Sam Gilbert. He's the executive director out at Historic Rock Castle. And we were talking about our Christmas event that's going on, and uh, that sounds phenomenal. What a, what a great educational as well as entertainment uh, kind of feature you have there. Yeah, but we really have three priorities at Rock Castle. One is preservation of the this Tennessee state treasure. Uh, we want to make sure that it preserves for the next generation to come and visit. Uh, We also want to connect our community. Uh, We want people to gather together in the present and experience uh, camaraderie ship and friendship uh, and great music and experiences all together right now, currently. Mm -hmm. And then also we want to educate. We want to make sure that we are stewarding our responsibility to pass on information. And that's not just the information from the past. That's not just Daniel and Sarah Smith and what they brought to this community, but that's everything since them as well. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of times people miss is how many things in our community are connected to Rock Castle. So Barry Hill, you know, the Barry Bradford house, the even the Nashville airport. A lot of times when people fly into the Nashville airport, they look at the letters on their luggage. You know what those letters are? I, BNA, I always, right? I always wondered that. So BNA. B stands for Barry. It's Barry Nashville Airport. And Sarah Crosby Barry, the last descendant of Rock Castle, her brother was Colonel Harry Barry. It's kind of an unfortunate name, all right? <laughs> yes. But Harry Barry uh, joined the Army and therefore became a colonel. And he's the one who's responsible for bringing the, air, the Nashville Airport into this area. So Interesting. when people fly in, they're flying into Barry Field. And B is BNA is yeah. uh, a nod to some folks right here in Hendersonville. Yeah. And a lot of folks don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's, uh, that's so interesting. I wanted to ask you something while you were talking. You, on the uh, the grounds you have, you have like a cemetery back there that's kind of walled off. Are those folks buried there? Yeah, so Daniel and Sarah Smith are buried wow. in that okay. uh, cemetery. They're the tabletop graves. If you were to stop by Rock Castle and go up to the cemetery, uh, there are two graves in the back right corner, and those are Daniel and Sarah. And then um, their daughter, Polly, is buried there, and... Uh, several other uh, family members are buried there as well. That's interesting. I, I I know I saw it sitting back there, and I kind of assumed that would happen. But that's you know that's good to know. Yep. When we're talking about the December of event going on, this thing just really sounds amazing. So you're are you going to have uh, characters there, or how? Do- so we do have uh, a VIP kind of experience uh, that we again work with yeah. character visits for you, <laughs> and uh, so uh, it's going to be a Frozen sort of experience. Okay. Uh, so for if your kids have enjoyed uh, Disney's Frozen. 
it's similar to that. It's in that. So we have the, the Ice Princess come out and they do songs and they have some activities and things like that for kids sort of ahead of time. And that's a ticketed portion of it. But yeah. the general event itself is free to the public. People can come in, walk through the house. It's a come and go event. Uh, we try to partner with the local high schools and get their select chorus groups out here so that they can sing carols. Oh, and yeah. we bring out some little, you know, some singer songwriters. Uh, to come out and sing Christmas songs. And then uh, we have refreshments. Again, the, the reenactor component of it, the historical presenter. One of the things that people used to do back in the day is they used to fire off cannons at holidays, especially Christmas, just to celebrate the time. So uh, we're going to try and get our uh, one of our uh, local presenters to come out and fire off the cannon and we talk about mistletoe and sort of the history behind that talk about some of the customs that happened inside the house the way people celebrated in the late 1700s you know it's just it's a great opportunity to come out and see the house all decorated as well sure. oh, you know wow, that's great and you of course will be dressed up as santa's elf now, you know I'll, i will be dressed up <laughs> maybe not as uh santa's elf we so i'm not a i'm not a slight man but there's this joke in my household like any halloween or any event my wife we she'll pick out an outfit that she wants me to wear and she's constantly getting the tightest fitting clothing for me to wear and to the point where I think she's doing it intentionally you know yeah. but uh, I will hopefully for the Christmas event be wearing something with lots of you know fabric and you know uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good time so more Santa ish yeah more Santa ish <laughs> The time we're doing it, the temperature really isn't that bad out there at no, that not, point. No. You know, sometimes, some years, you don't even need a jacket. It's just mm-hmm. Tennessee, you never know what you're going to get. That's yeah, true. And so yeah. it's sort of like our last songwriter night. Mm-hmm. May 29th, it should be, you know, in the 80s. Yeah. But I think it dropped down into the 60s that night. Yeah. It's still a great event. Totally. People brought out their little, you know, heaters, space heaters and things. And uh, But, you know, you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> That's right. So you already have some events scheduled for next year already, is that right? Yeah, so actually on December 11th of this year, we have a house concert. So I think we mentioned some of them, uh, November 13th and 14th, and then December 11th. And then in January on the 15th and 16th, we've got winter house concerts. And then on February 12th and 13th, we have winter house concerts. So that's really a seven event series and nice. we have lots of demand. I mean, I've got a waiting list right now of folks that would like to come to those, but we just don't have available weekends for sure. it yet or opportunity. Now, once we once we get to have an indoor facility, we'll be able to do these things a lot more totally. often and accommodate yeah. more folks, you know, to make it a little bit more of a, a larger event, uh, maybe a, a plated event, have some dinner and stuff with it. But we're really excited about that prospect. But for right now, there's only seven of those. And then once we get out of the winter time and we get into the spring, we usually try and do some educational stuff throughout March and April. But specifically, the big event is the Wonderland Egg Hunt. And I know we touched on that earlier, but mm-hmm. the Wonderland Egg Hunt this year is scheduled for April the 9th with a rain date on the 16th. Those are both Saturdays. So April 9th. And we partner with Hendersonville High School specifically uh, (laughs) to help fill all these eggs. So we purchase all the eggs. The Hendersonville High School students fill them with candy. And uh, last year, actually for the last three or four years, we've had over 100,000 eggs that we've hidden around Rock Castle. And we do that in three egg hunts. So about 33,000 eggs go out in each hunt and we have them divided up by age groups. Man, it's amazing how long it takes to put it all together and put them all out and how quickly they just get vacuumed up <laughs> by the kids. Yeah. But it's a it's a great event. Um, Character Visits for You, yeah. uh, Elizabeth's company. They come out um, because it's a Alice in Wonderland themed event. Okay. And so that they fits. bring the Red Queen out and Alice and the Mad Hatter. And we have a, a VIP Mad Hatter Tea Party ahead of time in the Rock Castle Woodlands. Uh, and the, the Mad Hatter Tea Parties are ticketed because we are yeah. we have food and other things that are provided for that, plus the whole character experience. So pay attention on our website and on Facebook for when those tickets become available because we'll start posting those uh, in late winter. Give the uh, website again. Uh, historicrockcastle.com. And if you go to historicrockcastle.com, there's actually a tab that says Holiday Events, and okay. Wonderland Egg Hunt is the first thing under that tab. And that's where those tickets will actually be available first. Okay. Um, and people can purchase those online, reserve their spot. That's limited space, uh, but it's definitely something that is magical for the kids. Yeah. Now, the Wonderland Egg Hunt itself is something anyone can just come to. Okay. You know, uh, We'd love to know that you're coming, so when we post that event uh, on Facebook, make sure you say, hey, we're coming to it so that we can sort of tally up um, how much logistically we need to do to 
to accommodate everybody that's going to be coming. But yeah, because it's good to know that because you can give extra credit to the uh, extra students you'll need to fill the eggs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's the the students do get community service hours for it. But that's good. Hendersonville High School has so many great clubs and organizations, and I'm always amazed at how just willing these students are to invest their own time. They don't even really need the extra credit. A lot of times, people just do it out of the kindness of their heart because they want the kids that are coming up underneath them to have the kind of experience that they had as kids. And we've been at Rock Castle long enough now for us to have seen elementary school age kids come to these events at Rock Castle. And then they've grown up and they've been students in my class at HHS. And they're like, hey, Mr. Gilbert, you know, I used to come to the Wonderland Egg Hunt when I was a kid. And they'll show me pictures and they're all dressed up like, you know, a deck of cards or something like that. And now they have the opportunity to reinvest in that event. And that to me is the full circle. That's how it should be, you know. People transitioning from those who have been served to those who now serve and give back to the community. And I love it when you see that in young people because the young people, a lot of times, they get a bad rap as being selfish and aloof and like they don't care about anybody but Mm -hmm. themselves. But that's that's just not true. There's so many fantastic students in our community. Now, you have uh, support of your principal there at at the high school and give him a big shout out. Yeah, Bob Cotter does a great job. Yeah, he does a great job. He's very supportive. He'll come out to, you know, the songwriter (laughs) events and hey um, maybe you can make him an elf you know mr cotter if you're listening uh (laughs) would you be willing to be an elf you know for the the holiday that was his idea that's not mine but next time i see him he's going to give me the look and i'm coming after you (laughs) yeah yeah he does a great job and we're just so appreciative of him and honestly uh jennifer kotler um who has kind of organized and orchestrated the national honor society group for so many years she is is fantastic anytime i need volunteers for an event i'll reach out to her and she'll send out a text message to the nhs students and the national honor society students give back to this community in so many ways if you ever get the chance to just thank her uh, jennifer cotler or mr cotter or really any of the teachers at hhs for all that they give back to the the community and their students um make sure you just give them a shout out because they they are fantastic people well i do have him on my list to have him come on the show um you know, my wife, Kathleen, is the president of the chamber, and she has nothing but rave reviews over him. And he says, you, you've got to get him on. So at, that's on my list for this year. So expect a call <laughs> in all his free time. Again, if a, a singer-songwriter would like to get more information, would they just go to the website or they reach you at yeah, a different the, number? So or? the best way to, to get in touch with me is to email me at okay. sam.gilbert at Historic Rock Castle. And you can actually submit music to me directly. Okay. You know. I need digital links and or videos. Okay. Uh, I love to to see live performances. Yeah. You know, we actually don't do like an open mic type thing at Rock Castle. We vet all our songwriters. I've heard them perform uh, unless, before. Uh, unless Keith Urban just wanted to yeah, drop Keith in. Yeah, Keith Urban wanted to drop yeah, in. Uh, Keith, you. if you want to come out anytime, I'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah, if, if somebody wants to, to perform, just shoot me your your music digitally and uh, I'll review it. We've got a little panel that we've put together of folks that uh, have been invested in the music industry for a long time and you know we go through the submissions and we kind of put our shows together uh, that way. There's nothing but great things uh, happening at Historic Rock Castle and folks you have you have to check out their website you can follow them on Facebook. All you have to do is type in Rock Castle. Rock Castle State Historic Site. Yes. It's going to come right up. You're going to get all that information and Sam's going to keep me informed on all of the activities that are going out there so we can let you all know things that are happening as well. So, Sam, again, thank you so much. I know you have another event to hit to, but thanks for coming out and and sharing. It's really been an eye-opener. Thanks Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon. So long. Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.